Amen. Way to go, Ross. Awesome. Well, man, it's always great to see you guys. It really is. And there are very few things that I look forward to getting up this early in the morning for. Uh, and, and you guys are definitely at the top of that list. So um, what a great time. Today, as, as much as we've been through so far in this session, and even the last one, i got to tell you, as I went through this material, there was just something in me that went, yes, I, I am so, I'm so excited about this, both the twofold. Roger kind of did a good overview of it, but the two pieces of this morning is kind of the, the there's a wound that I, I'm, I'm realizing that is just kind of an epidemic, and we'll look at a little bit of that, but it, even more than that, the opportunity of how to overcome that in a very specific, specific way, which is really, really cool. But to open up, what I do want to do is I want to do what we kind of have been doing, and that is I want us to go around the tables. Uh, I want us to just, you can look through those. If you had a chance to read those three different pieces there, I think it sets a great table. And all I would say is this, is uh, look through the, those parts, and if there was a, a, a word, a sentence, an idea, a concept that kind of hit you and stuck out to you, great, share that part of it. And uh, if not, I want everybody to share this. I want everybody to share this concept. Answer this one simple question. If you had a major decision in life to make in any area, relational, financial, vocational, whatever it is, if you had a major decision to make and uh, there, there was kind of a, a fork in the road, do you have someone that you, you just respect and you would go to and hash that out with? And if so, who is that? Or maybe who has that been? Or just answer that question short and simple, and then we'll go more in depth in it later on in the, in the session today. But just uh, so go around, share anything that jumped out out of any of the three stories, and then share, hey, if you had a major decision, how would you handle that and who would you go to to help pass that out? Make sense? Ready, go. What a great time. I, I absolutely love this time. This is one of my favorite times, not just, just to, to hear the buzz and just hear what's going on. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had this experience? Um, maybe, maybe just in the process of your day, maybe you get a call, maybe it's a bill, maybe it's an email of an unexpected expense in your life that's just frustrating because it's not going to be anything you get to show off. It's a water heater or whatever. And then, it, then on top of that, maybe, uh, maybe you, you have a, a disagreement, just a little tip. You know it's going to work out, but you're just, you're just frustrated maybe with the, something that went on with your spouse. And I don't know if you have kids, but maybe you're like where I was this week where my youngest son, I'm going to have to pretty much kill him. And uh, I just... Just, just all that, and, and it just converges at once, and then you bump into somebody, and, and maybe it's another guy, and they go, hey man, how's it going? How many of you have ever done that, where that's all piled up, and you say, oh man, it's good, everything's good, you know, it's just, it's fine, and, and that, is just, that is just the way we are wired, we're wired, and we're taught, man, throw that wall up and, and be there, and I think the reason is twofold, one, I don't want to be that guy, I don't want to be that guy, because through my I don't know, high school, college days mainly, and in my early single days, um, there was there was this one guy or one girl where you just pass by and go, hey, how's it going? And no matter what you said, you didn't even say, hey, how's it going? You just go, hey, and then they're just going to barf everything in their life that is not right. And it's like, I, I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, on the other end, we, we do need to have those confidence. We need to have those relationships, those times where we can just get honest and real 
with somebody and uh, have that. So this morning, that's really what we're going to be looking at um, on page 90 in that first, the first thing in the introduction we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of a man's relationship with other men and how the relationship or lack of them can affect us. And he's going to go into the details. Uh, we're going to go into the details. We're also going to introduce a different type of wound. The wound is the self-inflicted wound called the all-alone wound. And it's something that, man, it just really jumped off the page as I was going through the material. This one is characterized by a man who attempts to live life alone, solo. And it's, it's, the, it's the one who really kind of bought the lies that everybody else has it together. Everybody else had, has figured this out except me. And if I was a real man, I wouldn't need help. And it just kind of gets that mindset. But the truth is, number four, teammates in life are essential for us to become better men. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Reagan years or not, but it was very impressionable for me because it was the first time I ever saw a leader. And, and, and I'm sure they were probably out there before, but I, I saw a man and a leader and his entire concept, whether you loved him or hate him, uh, super successful in a lot of uh, policies that he pushed through. But I heard the president of the United States, they said, you know, what, what is it that you're doing that's different he says, well, I don't know if it's different. He says, but I just realize, he says, I know my limits and I surround myself with people smarter than I am in order to accomplish what we need to accomplish. And I, that, that humility yet initiative, I thought, that's brilliant. And that stuck with me for decades of just the real successful, those who know their limits and know how to surround themselves and they're not afraid to surround themselves with people smarter than they are. And that's kind of the team set mentality. Um, and I've, I've seen this, I wrote this down, the more significant men, significant, not just men, the quantity, but significant men in our life, the more significant and meaningful our life is going to be. And, and with that mindset, there's three types of teammates we're going to look at and just kind of blow through real quick. The first one on the, the right side, the three, three types, uh, the number one is the encouraging mentor. Having someone in your life who's, step, who's a step ahead, who's down the tracks a little bit to offer some wisdom and guidance. This is someone who's going to have a special interest in you and they're committed to your development. Or in that blank as it says this, they see the best in you even when you can't see it. And there's someone that you admire and respect. I'll never forget, and I didn't realize how critical that part of my life was pretty much till after it was kind of done uh, in my mid-20s, uh, right out of college. I was trying to figure life out, and uh, I just talking to one of my roommates, and was, man, I'm frustrated with relationships, trying to deal with finances, trying to figure out how to get that together and all, and he says, you ought to meet with my friend Al. And I said, well, who's Al? And he's like, he's this old dude that wears bow, bow ties, and I just had breakfast with him. And I'm like, all right, so he set it up, and I met with Al one time, and Al was like, so tell me tell me what's going on, tell me about your life and all this, and he was just this sharp, gregarious guy, he always wore a bow tie, he was a land developer, and I didn't know a lot about his, his deal until later, but we just ended up calling him the wise old Al, and he's like, hey, I don't know where this is going, but um, if you want to, I'll be glad to meet with you every couple weeks, and we can talk about nothing, we can talk about everything, and I'm telling you, that every two weeks went on for about eight years, and uh, it radically changed my life because it was somebody I could say, hey, 
here's what I'm thinking about. Uh, one of the pieces was I was in, in sales. I'm like, I feel like God's just stirring my heart to get out of debt. And I don't exactly know why, but I just feel like that. And he just validated that. And he just kind of went into a little his story and was very open and vulnerable. And he said, yeah. I said, can I just tell you, I've learned this, that life is an interest game. You're paying it or you're making it. And I said, there's, there's a huge difference. He says, Ken, I'm a, I, I know you've got this potential. And he said, I was about to start this financial study called Crown, and I need a co-leader. Um, if you can do that, I'd love to go through this together and help you do this. And we did it together. And it just, that was just one area. Um, it was relationships. I'm like, you know what? All my roommates are getting married, and I'm frustrated. And how did you get there? And I remember I was dating this one girl. I said, you know, she's a great girl, but I just... I'm not just super attracted. Is that important? And and he's like, you know what? Um, it's not everything, but it's something. And he would just he would just tell me life. And he's like, you you need to be attracted to your wife. You know that's that's important. I'm like, okay. And and he's just he was just this great great wealth of information. And he literally saw things in me that I did not see. And he was vulnerable. So that's that's kind of the mentor role. Um, he kind of just speak, spoke into me. The next one is the side-by-side teammate. It says, a blessed, blessed is a man who has a few committed teammates. This is someone who's going to love you unconditionally, but will also speak truth into your life. Uh, they're a true friend who's committed to your best. And they're going to be honest. And I'm telling you, something about developing that relationship. If you've got some friends, maybe you stay on the surface. Vulnerability is contagious. And uh, anytime we step up with somebody we know we trust and they kind of care about us, but we need to move into that level, it's just being a little vulnerable, saying, man, I'm struggling with this. Or what do you do when, when your wife says this or does this? Or how do, you, how do you come there? And all of a sudden, it just becomes honest and real. Somebody alongside. Somebody also, you'll know you've got a great teammate. When you're kind of going for a little bit of, man, I'm just I'm just beat down and things aren't going well, and they are they're honest enough to instead of pat you on the back, kick you in the butt, and go, wow, well you're sounds to me like you're a little selfish right now, and you need to you need to step up, and they know you well enough to speak into your life in that way. But here's the deal: there's a quote by Jeffrey Grief that says, "Some men remain stuck in the adolescent phase of friendships." They, they never go to that genuine, real level where we need. It's always kind of a regression. They, they have to stay on the surface because they're scared to death to go below it. Um, but the bottom line is on the next page. We must risk creating that these side-by-side relationships and realize that we're going to have to take the initiative for that. The third is the eager protege. And you got to put the little French tick marks over the uh, E's to, to make it sound right. Uh, this is someone who's behind us in life, but he's eager to learn from our experiences. I, I, I put it this way to the guys that I work with. I'm like, guys, I've hit a ton of potholes, and I've made more mistakes than you've even made decisions. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to share those with you if you want to learn from them so you don't have to make them. And it's, it's just such a healthy and incredible opportunity. We have the opportunity to give back and invest in others. And a couple years ago, when I had my whole life transition with the, the heart thing, one of the pieces God really laid on my heart is, Ken, what are you passing on? And I said, Lord, I, I don't really know how to look for these guys. I don't know how to make that happen. But I'll tell you this, Lord, if you bring them across my path and you make it super obvious, I'll pour into them. I'll give them time. And in the last two years, I bet I've had about 10 to 15 different people 
that I'm pouring into. Some are, are very regular, uh, once a month. Some are a couple times a year, but just opportunities. I was in Tucson, Arizona three weeks ago. And a guy there, he came up to me after I'd done one of the sets, and he's like, man, you're just so good at what you do. I was like, well, thank you very much. He says, my, my daughter is dating a guy who he wants to do basically what you're doing. And I said, awesome. I said, tell him to get in touch with me. And uh, I said, where do they live? And he says, well, he, he lives down in uh, Florida. And I said, well, part of Florida? He said, Fort Lauderdale. I said, I'm doing a show two weeks from now in Fort Lauderdale. Tell him to call me. I'll have breakfast with him. Tell him he can come to the show. And so I met with he and his, uh, this guy's daughter and her, her boyfriend, soon-to-be fiancé, for breakfast. Spent about two hours with him. Just, and, man, and as he's talking to me, all I'm thinking is, dude, you are me 28 years ago. This is me. And I said, dude, what about this and this? And he goes, how did you know that? And I'm like, because I was there. I've been there and done that. And I said, let me encourage you and walk through you with this. And uh, I'll do as much as you want me to or as little as you want me to. And, man, just having a resource like that. He went from discouraged, frustrated to hopeful. And, wow, I hadn't thought of that. I, I, didn't, I didn't think this was possible. So it's just really cool when God brings that together. But here's the problem with this. The next section, the all alone wound, comes from the tendency of men to live life outside of character shaping relationships. We feel like we have to have it all together. That we're, we're, if we're weak if we ask for support or help. We trust ourselves, but what we really need is to realize our weaknesses were meant to to, to engage the body and others who have been there. Uh, the truth is, number two, self-inflicted wound is avoidable. And one of the greatest prayers, you can write this under there, is God, will you just help me see how to develop those friendships? Will you, will you bring those people across my paths? And, and if, if I seem like this may be it, I'll take the initiative to de- develop that. The all-alone wound is social, emotional, spiritual loss caused by the lack of healthy male teammates. We need to be engaging these. It's, it's kind of like the starting picture since we're about to be in baseball. You know what? You can have the greatest starting pitcher in the world, but it's a long season. And if you don't have a bullpen, you're, you're toast. I don't care how great your starting pitching is. You've got to have guys that can come in and say, okay, I'll take it from here. Way to get us a lead. Way to get us to the end. We'll take it from here and we'll nail this down. We, we need that, that support. Um, and I would just say this also, that the keys to that is the willingness to be open and honest and vulnerable. And I don't know how that fits in, but uh, here's the, the sad part. Number four on the next page on 93, most men are never truly known. We know a lot. This is, this is where, you know, guys know a lot of people, but we're never really known. I'm going to go through the, the consequences of this pretty quick, but... Um, It's a warped perspective on life. The self-deceit comes from being disconnected. In Proverbs, it says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is is the way of death. If I'm doing this all alone, it's not going to end well. To get an accurate picture of yourself, we need feedback from trusted teammates. I want you to write one word under that, that part there, just the word blind spots. Every one of us has blind spots. Uh, and it, it is so contagious and it is so helpful if we'll be bold enough and we know somebody enough to say, hey man, we, 
Will you just do me a favor? I'm, I'm trying to find some of my blind spots. Is there any part of my life that that is something I need to take a look at that maybe I don't understand? A buddy of mine did this. One of the guys I meet with a couple times a month, he says, we're in this couples thing, and uh, one of the questions is, is there any blind spots that I have? Are there any parts of my character and my personality that maybe I don't see that others do? And I and I just I came back to him. One, I said, dude, you're you're an awesome guy. I, I appreciate your character and all these pieces. I said, but I've noticed this one piece, and I guess it may be a blind spot. When we're with you and your wife, and you're telling a story, uh, you get really into the story, which is awesome. But your volume and your voice goes through the roof to the point where people in the restaurant stop talking, going, what is going on over there? And I see your wife just cringe and go beneath the table and I don't know if you see that or not but uh I don't think it's bad I just think it's a blind spot and I said let me encourage you to possibly do this ask her about that say hey do I do this and realize she's probably going to say yes but then use it as an opportunity say honey I I don't want to embarrass you I don't want to do that can we come up with a signal or something like you just reach into the table and squeeze my knee or something if I'm getting loud to where it just helps me do that he's like that's a great idea now, what's going to happen from that is, one, I wanted to validate him, but I also wanted to say, yeah, I, I guess I do see that. And I, we got enough of a relationship where I could do that. And I guarantee you, at some point in the future, Michelle, his wife's going to go, thank you. Um, because it's like, we, we need that. We need that, that, that help. So anyway, um, put the blind spot there. The potential for careless living and foolish choices is one of the consequences. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desires. He breaks out against sound judgment. We, we need to have the courage to step up. And the opposite is that it is true. He who looks and is around other guys, do what you were doing this morning, just talk around a table. Man, when, we, when, when I see a, a husband who's talking about what he's doing with his wife, it makes me want to get better with my wife. When I see a dad with his son or daughter doing something, it's like, man, I, I need to be doing that. It's, it's this... The synergy in the best way. And when I'm around you guys and, and just listen to that buzz, it's like, man, I love that time with other guys. So just keep that up. Not having a teammate makes it easy for the standard to get lowered. We, we literally start decreasing if I'm not involved in that. And, and I love this one. The path to foolish decisions is often just aloneness. And then the other one uh, on the next page there, lost chance for much needed transparency. We need to be known. We need to realize that our struggles are not ours alone. Every man needs teammates with whom he can feel safe. Listened to, loved unconditionally, provided with honest feedback. We need that. And without transparency, men are likely to fall into, and this is really, really key in our society, discouragement, depression, and danger. And uh, Brian Carter, one of the, the writers of this material, shared a, a specific example. This guy's in ministry, and I just wanted to take the two minutes of his clip and show it to you real quick. This is, this is someone super successful, but then he gets vulnerable and shares this. So check this out for just a second. my life where a problem with pornography that I thought I had defeated in college began to creep 
back slowly into my life. I had been spending a lot of time alone and was bored with life. I was in ministry, yet my heart was not fully engaged. I had been having monthly calls with my mentor, Dennis, for five years. We were concluding our call, and I just kind of flippantly threw out that I had watched some pornography. I was trying to get away, but I also knew I needed help. I told him, and he immediately began to ask me some tough questions. How much? How often? And what else has there been? Then he said these words to me. I need you to tell your wife and have her call me within three days. I thought to myself, he must be crazy. <laughs> I mean, why do I need to involve her? He said, since you sinned against her, you need to tell her and then have her call me. I left that call a little perplexed about what my next steps were. But that night, I shared with my wife what I had done, and that she was supposed to call Dennis. She called him, and he walked the two of us through the next steps. He would tell me that I was headed down a slippery slope. I had to head it off fast. That experience with a trusted friend has forever marked my life and future. I needed a teammate, a mentor, because going alone had put me in a dangerous place. So what can we do to avoid the all-alone wound? That's just one example, and i just so impressed with how he had, had kind of drawn that. In this next section, we're going to blow through this a little bit quickly, but building healthy teammates. Learn how to be a loyal teammate who encourages others. This is on page 94. Learn how to be a loyal teammate. Um, consistency builds loyalty, and, and confidentiality builds loyalty. There's a lot of different ways. Secondly, learn how to ask good questions and take a genuine interest in others. Be a good listener. Listen for more than just the answer. Listen for the tone. Um, I want to be so connected to guys and so invested. And this has happened to me on, a, on more than one occasion where we go through the normal motions of a breakfast and talking or whatever. And these guys know me and I know them to the point where we've, it, it's happened in both directions, where I'm like, dude, what, what's, what's going on? I mean, I, I know what you've told me, but you just, you just seem like something's a little bit off. And that's where you get into the real meat of it, like he just shared a, a situation like that. So having a genuine interest below the surface, we can see that. And then be willing and vulnerable and transparent. Being willing to be vulnerable and transparent is huge to be a healthy teammate. And then initiate with other men. Take the time to initiate those conversations. Initiate time. Initiate consistency. It's been said that we will become the books we read and the people we hang around. And then this last section uh, is just kind of a good overview. I'm just going to kind of give you a couple highlights and fill in the blanks. Whoever walks with wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So in the mentor sense, how do I initiate in the mentor sense? One, look for men whose character and skills you admire and ask for time or help. Consider having different mentors for different areas of life. And I would just underline the words different. 
Um, it's okay to have more than one. Consider having mentors from different seasons of life. If, and and I've, I've done this with, I want some guys older than me, much older, around a little bit further down the tracks, and just pour into lives. As far as a protege, be a man to whom others are drawn. Be that man. Make yourself available. Uh, the, the story told about it in, in Tucson, just saying, you know what? I don't know how that'll work out, but I know I'm going to eat while I'm in Florida. Tell him, give me a call. I'd, I'd love to eat with him and do that. So it was really cool. Um, two are better than one because they're a good reward for their toll. And Ecclesiastes there. And then here's the really cool part. In this last part where we're going to discuss, I want you to look on page 96. Uh, do you feel all alone wound? And if so, explain Kind of do number one and two together. Discuss your level of true transparency with other men in your life. And, and I want you to draw just a little bit of a, a line there. Number one on one end and ten on the other end, just under the, in that area as far as transparency. Do you feel like number one would be, I never go below the surface with anybody. I just stay on that, hey, I'm fine no matter what. And ten would be, I am always open. If, if somebody, I've got enough confidence and enough uh, faith that God is, is just forgiven and, and working on my life, that if anybody asks me for any input and to share any part of my life, I'm an open book. Um, so that would be one to ten. Where are you on that, on that spectrum? And then uh, do those two questions together and then do three. And we've got, oh, we're doing good. We've got about... Uh, 12, 15 minutes to do this. And then I'm going to ask a very critical question at the end and we'll set up next week with uh, what's ahead. So go ahead and answer those those questions and uh, we'll be back about 12 to 15. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this one and we'll, uh, man, next week is going to be, is going to be really, really cool. We're, we are, I want to encourage you to uh, plan if you can an extra 15, 20 minutes, because we do try to stick to right out about an hour, hour 15, but plan a few extra minutes. The, uh, John is bringing in somebody to cook breakfast, and uh, trust me, as that smell wafts in here while we go through this stuff, you're going to want to stick around for a few minutes and uh, hang out. Uh, we are going to hit a little bit shorter next week as far as this, the, the material time so that we can enjoy that and hang out. Uh, there's a there's an incredible quote, and I'm sure that most of us have heard at least the first part of it uh, on page 98, that most men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to their graves with a song still in them. Uh, we're never fully known, never really transparent. Some great stats on that next page, but I want to leave you with one question. And the question is simply this. How many people in your life if they were in a situation, and a crisis, how many people in your life, you would be the first call that they make? And, and I've, I've thought through that, and uh, it was very convicting to me that I don't know that I've been to that level honest and open and invested in other people enough to make that more than a handful of people at most. So I would just encourage us to, to be kind of take that initiative, start developing those relationships, identify those who we really do care about, and start being a little more transparent, a little more uh, 
uh, initiative towards those relationships and building those. So next week is going to be of the heart, and it is it is really a great wrap up week. Um, we're going to start next week with the same piece, but I'm going to start with the hey anything about the stories that we read, and I want to have a little bit of an extended we time in the sense that I want to be thinking about what's ahead, what's ahead in the weeks to come. I'm going to have John share a couple of the opportunities between now and September. September 8th will be the first time we come back for another six-week session, and I'll describe that next session. But I am crazy excited about those six weeks from, again, a personal standpoint. It talks about significance at work and in family and that and really developing significance and I'm, I'm super excited so a lot of good stuff ahead next week will be great uh, if you have five minutes after we pray to help just put the tables we don't even need to put the chairs up we'll just stack the chairs but uh, I think yeah we'll put the tables up over here if you got three of us can do it in, in five minutes or less but uh, thanks for being here this morning man good good stuff this morning you guys did did fantastic now let me pray Father, thank you so much for these men and just our desire to want to be the men you made us to be. And Lord, thank you for the grace that, that you, you show and that we need. But Lord, thank you also that you say that the fellowship of the Spirit of literally walking with us through this and that you who began a good work in us, you're not going to stop until the day you perfect us or come back. So, Father, we thank you for your patience, and uh, I do. I pray that as we walk out, you would just give us a, a step, uh, a clarity. And I heard so many of them as the guys are talking of just, here's a step I need to take. Here's an initiative I need to make. So, Father, thank you for that. Guide us through your spirit as we leave, and we love you. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for being here, guys.